0: السلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا الله ولا الا وانتم مسلمون قال ان الله عليه وسلم إِدَّقِ اللَّهَ حَيْهُمَاتٌ وَأَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَنْخُرْهَا وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنٌ أو كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمٌ my like this. the sense of having very few words in it. Very short, very concise hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In these few words, Allah peace sallallahu like in many many other hadith, and what was the general nature of his speech? But in the few words, he has, as we say, put the ocean in the teacups, and there are volumes which have been encompassed in these few words if a person gets this in place there's three statements in this hadith Sharif. if he brings these three, three statements in his life the whole of deen is in his life if he brings these three things in his life then his deen and dunya will be taken care of so in this hadith Rasulullah addresses Abu Zarr is among those Sahaba who are very, very distanced from the world. He was to have nothing to do with dunya. He's already of that caliber that somebody who is far away from the comforts of the world of the world, even compared to those at that point in time, where generally everybody was far away. And he was even further away. The peace is addressing him and he's saying to him that two thing, these three things. First thing he says to him is that اتَّقِ اللَّهَ that fear Allah Taala wherever you may be Now this is something for us to reflect on, to ponder upon the command of Taqwa Taqwa means To fear displeasing Allah Ta'ala in any way. To be concerned not to do anything that will earn the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. Because this is what the essence of taqwa is. That a person doesn't do anything in any way which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Why? Because this will incur Allah Ta'ala's displeasure. So whether it pertains to his ibadat, he will perform that, he will not miss it because that will earn Allah Ta'ala's displeasure. <laughs> when it comes to his dealings, he will deal correctly because he doesn't. That will earn Allah Ta'ala's displeasure. And in his social life, in his private life. So the Prophet is saying that you fear Allah Ta'ala. But the words thereafter are very significant because taqwa, the command of taqwa has come <coughs> in so many ayat of the Quran in so many ahadith. Here, the Prophet is adding this phrase to it, haythuma ما Kunda, Wherever you may be. And there is nothing that Rasulullah has uttered, which is just, by the way, it just came in passing, wasn't necessary, wasn't actually meant. Every word was meant. Every word has a lesson in it. So what is the lesson in this? that fear Allah Ta'ala wherever you may be. Sometimes, a person would be conscious of Allah Ta'ala in the Masjid. But outside the Masjid, it's a different situation. He may be conscious of Allah Ta'ala outside on the road. But in his business, that's another situation. Then he does what he wants. He transacts how he wishes. Whether he is getting himself involved in some haram transactions or not, that doesn't matter to him. Whether he is indulging himself in interests which Allah Ta'ala has cursed Nabi s.a.w. is cursed in every different facet whether the person is giving, taking, recording, witnessing so now the person is not concerned so Nabi s.a.w. is saying, no, don't be like this be one who fears Allah Ta'ala when he's in the masjid whether he is at home sometimes the person in public he is very very He conducts himself in a very good way At home He doesn't bother how he handles who What he speaks How he tramples anybody's rights How he treats his wife His children So the peace law is the same the bus on Of the street at home Sometimes a person in his home country Or in his home town Then he is muttati, Then he is somebody that fears Allah Allah and if he's overseas, if he's in a place where he thinks nobody knows him here, so now he feels that, well, I'm far away from home, far away from my family, far, far away from people that would recognize me, from people that would know me. I'm in a distant corner of the world. So now if I do what I want, I'm free. So the beast starts me say, no, you're not free. Because your family is not watching. Those who recognize you may not be there. Allah Ta'ala is the same Allah you worshipped at home. And He's the same Allah in that distant corner of the world. There's only one Allah. And He is watching everywhere. He is watching when you are in public. He is watching when you are in private. He is watching when you're in your business. Or when you are at home. Or whether you are in South Africa or in China. He's watching everywhere. Allah Ta'ala is all aware. The Nabi's Slaasim is adding the statement for us to have one system in our life. The system of taqwa. No double standards. Not a different standard for the Masjid and a different standard for the house. Or a different standard for the business. Or for overseeing something else. No one standard everywhere and that one standard is the standard of taqwa. And a person fears Allah all the time. Then this taqwa is something which is not confined to one aspect of life only. And if it is the month of Ramadan, and a person will fast. And maybe if it is some, such a time when he has the opportunity that will perform his salah. No, taqwa encompasses every aspect of life. Just as it encompasses the aspect of ibadat, that a person is fasting, his salah, his zakah, his hajj, it's all in order. It encompasses his business life also. That he's dealing with honesty, with justice, with fairness. And this is no small thing. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says, at ameen. That trader who is honest and upright, who is trustworthy, then he would be raised. Obviously, Nabi Islam was is talking to and addressing the Sahaba Ikram. So they were those personalities that there was no question about them missing any of the obligations of Deen. Otherwise, sometimes a person misunderstands this. All you do is do your business correctly, whether then you come for Salah or not, doesn't matter. So this is far away from the reality. So these are those people who were far away from Haram and staying far away from everything that displeases Allah, Allah, and all the obligations of with their lives. On top of that, the Islam is to be saying that trader, that business person who conducts his business with trustworthiness and with honesty, he will be raised with the Ambiyari, with the Siddiqeen, with the Shuhada, and the pious people on the day of Qiyamah. Can't imagine what this is being said. He will be raised with the Ambiyari, with the very chosen people of Allah wa So, in any case, this taqwa applies in that business also this taqwa applies in his eyes. What is he looking at? And if the taqwa is in the masjid, then the taqwa should be in his eyes also. It won't be the case every other day or every now and again. There's some letter on others, even some desperate wife emailing or phoning or whatever. How do I handle this? I've now for the repeated time I've Oh my God, I'm going watch him film on his phone. How do I handle this? I've lost every shred of respect for him. And I'm now totally devastated. I can't handle this anymore. How do I handle this? Now if the person had taqwa in his eyes, this won't be the case. And his wife would have to now contact somebody to find out how to handle this. they he has taqwa in his tongue, then there won't be all kinds of flowery language coming out of their tongue. Hadith in the Hadith says, Muslim Muslimi To swear a Muslim, this is a grievous sin. But if there's no taqwa on the tongue, then this becomes a style, it becomes a fashion. And a person will speak all kinds of flowery language, and depending on the circle he's in, then the more flowery, the more he will enhance his worth among them, so to say. La hawla wa quwwata illa billahi al What a tragedy! What a tragedy! That, that which Nabi Islam says, this is a grievous sin. It is something that takes a person far away from Allah. Dala. And that a person makes a kind of thing to enhance his worth in certain circles. So this taqwa applies to the eyes also, that he will now keep himself away from watching any filth and any haram and anything that will displease Allah. Dala. Because even if he is behind closed doors and drawn curtains, he is all the time conscious Allah is watching, Allah is aware al Allah knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. And there's a direct link between these two. Because when the eye will keep getting involved in deception, in haram, that the heart can't be clean. When the eye is going to be all the time in filth. then the heart can never stay clean. And when the heart is not clean, then the heart is king the king is filled with filth, then this filth will now move in every other direction. Every, it will permeate every limb. And the hands will move towards filth. The feet will walk in the direction of haram. And the ears will learn to listen to haram. And everything from head to toe, the person now will only be looking for haram. So therefore, Allah is, at least Allah is giving us this, that, it Fear allah ta'ala wherever you may be whether at home whether in the masjid whether in your business whether at your workplace whether on the street whether in a foreign country anywhere and everywhere and then from head to toe taqwa taqwa in the mind what is the mind thinking is it plotting and planning how to bring somebody else down Is oh, it's now scheming how to get involved in some haram taqwa in the eyes taqwa in the ears Taqwa on the tongue. ibadi say say to my servants to speak that which is the best. To speak in good words, in kind words, in words that will become a balm for people's hearts. Not something that every time somebody has something, then there are some somebody or the other's heart is being shattered. And then taqwa in the heart, and taqwa in the hands and feet, and taqwa in every limb. This is the first advice that Bees gave us at the Ruzal R.A. اتق الله حيث ما This is the topic that the Qur'an Sharif is full from beginning to end. The very first lines, opening lines of Surah Al-Baqarah. Surah Al-Fatiha is the opening chapter of the Qur'an Sharif. And then Surah Baqarah hudan Allah starts it all right there. So this kitab is guidance for the Muhtaqeen, those who want to take this cause of Taqwa, that this is their syllabus. It starts off right at the beginning of the Quran And throughout the Quran you find this theme. And right to the end, and the Ahadith from beginning to end, this aspect of Taqwa, inculcating Taqwa. And how will this Taqwa come? Ya'ilmallatina'amun taqwullah sadiqeen Allah gave us a prescription also. Oh, you believe, fear Allah Ta'ala, adopt this Taqwa, where you'll get it from? Accompany those who are the The truthful, those who are the loyal servants of Allah Ta'ala Those who are the pious servants of Allah Ta'ala you be in that good company this will rub off unto you This is not something that's acquired on some supermarket shelf So in any case, this was the first lesson in these saw also gave Then the second lesson again and while the lesson of Taqwa is the Thing that a person has to aspire for and make every effort to acquire this taqwa. But we are insan. We are weak. We are human beings. We are not angels. We can slip and fall. We can err. Allah has kept the door of taqwa wide open. But provided a person doesn't leave it for the 11th hour. Because on the 11th hour now, the time of death has come, it's too late. In any case, in the light of the fact that we are insan, we are human beings, we can slip, we can err, Rabbi's class will give us a very, very crucial lesson. That and if you err, you've made a mistake, you've slipped, immediately do some righteous action, it will erase the wrong that has been done. Now, just as the one aspect we said somebody might maybe misunderstand that as long as a person conducts his business correctly, whether he performs his salah, whether he fulfills other obligations of him, it doesn't matter. Whereas that's far from the correct understanding. Likewise, here we must not misunderstand. That a person, he's been given some license now, that fine, just do a wrong if you want to, but immediately after you arrive. So if you want to do some haram, carry on, but make sure you do something good also after that. now he What is being taught to us is that being human, you can slip. But if you slip, don't take it casually. Don't take it like liking one hadith Nabi he says that a mu'min, this is now the right path. This is what's supposed to be the case. A mu'min, if he makes a mistake, he errs, he slipped, he fell, he feels it like a mountain on his head until he sincerely repents, Christ to Allah Ta'ala, begs Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and to the point where he can feel now that this perhaps has now been cleared, and he can feel that coolness in his heart has come back. So then he won't rest at ease. And on the other side, a munafiq, a hypocrite, he covered some haram, and he just shoos it away like a person, a fly set on his nose, it is shooting away, gone. in a shape of story, what, what does it matter? So a person did something wrong and doesn't concern him in the least but what he's done. That is the lesson that he's been given here, is don't let it be in that manner. <coughs> person can be, he can falter, he can fall, he can slip, he's insane, he's not an angel. He's not living in some other planet, he's living in Dunya. But a woman, a person who has Iman in his heart, if he slips and falls, he falters, he errs. It's a serious thing for him. And therefore, he will immediately resort to good. The first good he will resort to is tawbah and istighfar, sincerely repenting, begging Allah Tara's forgiveness. Then he will give some sadaqah. He will perform two rakat salat tawbah. He will go and make some zikr of Allah. He will go and decide one part of the paranchari what I did now, I need to remove the effects of this. Because this has created zulmat and darkness in my heart. And it has distanced me away from my rug and my creator. How can I remain like this? So he will immediately resort to good actions to bring him back to Allah. Allah. This is the lesson, don't ever take some sin casually. I did something, what's in there? All of those things in life, is doing it. One person, as we said earlier, this is a tragic thing, unfortunately. One person, his wife discovered that he was up to all these kinds of filth. So his response to that was just, make, just be grateful. I am not so deeply involved like others. Others are worse off. So, in other words, this is a kind of justification for me. But if others are more deeply involved, then I'm fine. I am fine. Once or twice a week, I get caught up in this kind of thing. Others are doing it every day. So this is now a kind of defense for a person's wrong. That is far away from the mu'min's response. In the hadith, Nabi Salaam says, Ida That if your good deeds brings happiness to you, not a, not a kind of pride, not a holier-than-thou situation, that I did something great in the sense that others didn't do it, and I'm better off, no. That alhamdulillah, this is the grace of Allah, that Allah, that Allah, that Allah enabled me to do something good. So he feels the happiness of that, the joy of it. That is something that should be in the heart of a mu'min. Allah enabled him to do something good. So out of gratitude to Allah, tarah, that joy. The so person whose good deeds make him happy. And if your sin and your mistakes grieve you, you feel pain. You don't feel casual about it. Then for says, "You are a true believer. This is a sign of iman. This grief in the heart over that mistake is a sign of iman." So this is the second lesson, the gave Abu The first lesson was That fear Allah Taala wherever you may be, wherever this is a highlighted word. And if you make a mistake, then don't let it just dis- go by the way. Don't be casual about it because that is something like, for example, a person, he <coughs> knocked his father's car, driving the car, the son is driving the car, he didn't take permission to start over it, so that was a wrong, and he went and smashed it somewhere. One, one million grand car, smashed it beyond repair. <coughs> so now it's a big damage is caused, and now when the father comes and now asking him what happened, he says, now you make a big issue for small thing like this. The car got written off, it's written off now. What are you making a big issue about it? He's talking to who to his father. And the one he damaged the car, he wrote it off. Now, imagine ourselves in that position. That what will be the greater crime? The crime of writing off the one million and car is one side. This response and this reaction of his is worse than that. But on top of that, he's saying, Now you're making a big issue about this. And he's talking to his father. Allah is not just like a sideline, Allah is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. He enables us to breathe at every, every moment. Hold our head, breath, close our mouth and nose for one minute and see how long we can survive. One minute, too much. And if somebody can survive beyond that, then two minutes, he'll already be like, life out. That Allah we have displeased. And a person feels casual about it, that is worse than the crime itself. This is what Nabi Salaam is teaching us. Don't take it casually. Be grieved about it. And come back to Allah. So therefore, you've slipped, then do something good immediately. The first good is toba and istighfar. And come back to Allah. The door of Allah is open. Allah's forgiveness and mercy is waiting. Don't delay. Because sometimes a person delays for the 11th hour, he may pass away at 10.59. At 11th hour, he may never come. And then the last thing Nabi Salaam says to him, وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ That deal with people with good character, with good akhlaq. And in one hadith, Nabi صلى الله عليه gives this. What is the position of good character in deen? That there is nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds on the day of qiyamat. Obviously, whatever is compulsory in deen, that is, what is farz is farz. Nothing can equate that. But together with that, Nabi Ishaq says there is nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds, hasan, than good akhlaq, good character. And in the hadith, Nabi Ishaq says, "Akmalul mu'minin imanan, ahsanuhum khuluq." The believer, the mu'min, with the most perfect iman. Obviously, he'll have salahed his life. He would have been fulfilling his zakat and fasting correctly and discharging all the obligations of deen, and staying away from haram. But what perfect is Iman. The Deen says, the person with the most perfect Iman is the one with the most perfect character. ahsanuhum <coughs> khuluqa, the one with the best character. And the best among you is the one who is best to his wife. Let us relate or judge ourselves in the light of this Hadith shaleen. Obviously, being best refers to being best within the limits of Sharia. Not transgressing the bounds of being displeasing Allah to displease the wife. That is no akhlaq But pleasing Allah ta'ala and within that framework pleasing that wife. That means that he is the best person. Akhlaq is not just saying please and thank you. That is the lesson that the West teaches, that this is the sum total of Akhlaq and character. Saying please and thank you and you first. Suppressing anger, this is a very major part of akhlaq How much can we suppress anger? The hell, the tolerance, this is a great aspect of akhlaq. Generosity, sometimes the generosity is for those who are far away. But the generosity for those who are closest to us, Nabi starts says, start off with there, that's the first akhlaq To be generous upon those who are closest to us. Sometimes a person will send his charity far off. Alhamdulillah, very good. His near and dear ones are sometimes suffering. But immediate family, but they are ignored or disregarded. Whereas that's where charity begins at home. First in one's home, within one's four walls. And then he one's extended family. Akhlaq, Iman Hadith, we'll finish off on this. Nabi Salaam sums it up. Sil man qata'ak. The joint ties of relationship, family ties, with those who cut off ties from you. Somebody is bent on cutting ties, you don't worry about that person's, what his conduct is. The beast allows me to say to us, you join ties. You go ahead and link up with him. Forgive the one who has oppressed you. This is akhlaq. You have a right to demand your rights. The beast me saying: I'm teaching you something over and above that. And I'm thinking of something even beyond that. That S.A.W. is giving us this lesson. That he's teaching us something beyond that also. This is as we call the cherry on the top of akhlaq That if somebody has treated you badly, you return his bad treatment with good treatment. So we want all to all be close to Rasulullah wasallam. We all want to get his intercession and his shafaat on day of qiyamah. This is the lessons that he's giving us. إِتَّقِ اللَّهَ عَيْثُمَا كُنْتُ فِيَ اللَّهُ wherever you may be وَأَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ and if you've heard, faulted, made a mistake, immediately do some good. Turn back to Allah Taala so that it erases the harm of the evil. And deal with people with good character. Allah give All of us talking.